Hello, welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 86. Starring Jimbo and Fisher. And how are you doing, Fisher? All okay? Yeah, very good, thank you. How are you, Jimbo? Yes, not bad at all. Uh, the title of this episode is My Nan's Got Her Vaccination. And I'll move on to talk about that very shortly. Um, but that's a play on the song I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Ah, yeah, did you, course, was you not yeah. sure of that before until I've just clarified? I wasn't quite sure, no. Well, are you ready to hear it? Uh, I'm ready to hear your nan singing this. Come on, then. It's not my nan singing it, unfortunately. Um, I could have done an impression, maybe. Um, she might not have liked that. So I don't actually call her nan. I haven't got a nan. I call them grandma and, and gran and things like that. But nan works quite well. I suppose I could have gone with gran. Yeah. Nan Gran. But everyone calls their nan, their grandma's nan nan around Sheffield, don't they, and stuff, so I went with that old thing. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm the same. I've always always called them grandma. Oh, there you go. We've got two grandmas. Yeah. Uh, well, used to, yeah. I mean, it's, weird anymore, but... it's weird that there's, there's so many variations of grandma, you know, nan nan, gran, granny. Uh, yeah, but, but there's, there's very few uh, variations of grandpa. Yeah, it? yeah. Or they, well, they just, I suppose they say granddad and then grandpa, but grandpapa but people don't really do that do they just sort of stick with granddad like it's like enough you know grandmas they can they can have alternative names but granddads just get granddad it's yeah. weird we're not greedy I, mean, I suppose yeah i suppose so i mean call him grandfather if you're a bit posher and all that sort of stuff yeah um but anyway let's 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 hear your not your <laughs> nana or grandma or grandparents or grandmother or anything like that or granny or nanny let's hear let's hear the songs that's not been sung by them my nan's got her Vaccination. That's the song title. My nan's got her vaccination. My nan's got her vaccination. She stayed inside, stayed inside. Stayed inside, stayed inside. She won't catch no. She won't catch no. She's not been out to the bingo. She's not been out to the Tesco. She's not been out to see no shows. She follows the instructions on the radio. She's been to get her vaccination. To get her vaccination. So there you go. Yeah, she's been to get a vaccination, and uh, not not just not just one of them, but uh, all of my. I've still got four grandparents. Still a very very. I'm very lucky at the age of 33 to have all four grandparents. Your grandparents are all at the age of 33. That is <laughs> that is unbelievable. I think I think someone's winding you up there, Jimbo. I, I told you I was lucky. Yeah. It's that special cream you can get. Yeah. Were they all born on February the 29th uh, on Leap Year? Is exactly, that what happened? That, that's, that's exactly what happened, yeah. Um, anyway, shall we uh, shall we move on then and talk about our... We always start with a bit of our, our breaking news, don't we? Yeah. Have you got any breaking news, Fisher, in particular? Um, not particular. I suppose it's... Um, I, I know a couple of people who've had a vac- uh, vaccination, um, and this, this, is, this is not funny, by the way, before anyone even thinks about laughing. Um, so keeping in the theme with the rest of the podcast. Uh, my next, both of my next door neighbours have been for their first vaccination over the last couple of weeks. Um, my next door neighbour on one side of me, she's um, been very careful, very cautious. Obviously, um, she's had a vaccination, so uh, she started 
kind of maybe going out and about a little bit more. And uh, it basically meant that on Friday she uh, fell over and broke her wrist. So, oh, no. you know, not, so uh, not, not good at all. Was, you, was she under your care? Was you supposed to be looking after her then? I, I wasn't looking after her, but I, I took her, just because I'm such a genuinely nice person, I took her to the hospital um, and then picked her up from hospital as well, just to make sure she was um, she was safe and what have you. Um, but unfortunately, her, her wrist was uh, was broken. It'll take her a few weeks to recover. Um, but yeah, obviously, very, very sad and so just... Only a, only a few days after um, she's had the vaccination, it was also on a patch of ice that she told me it, it's been quite quite wet, quite damp, quite icy, quite snowy around here in the last couple of weeks. Let, let me guess, she uh, warned you about a patch of ice, and she, she warned me about a patch of ice on the same patch of ice, and she fell over pretty much on the same patch of ice. Yes, um, <laughs> so very unfortunate, but uh, so we wish her a very swift recovery. Albeit, I know full well she's definitely not watching this. Good. Uh, she got the internet. Uh, she has got the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she could be watching it. She just chooses not to. Yeah, she's not on Facebook. She's got right. a live stream, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, I think I think she's not on Facebook. I mean, she's not had me as a friend if she is. But anyway, what have you been up to, Jimba? Uh, well, obviously, as we said, all my four grandparents have got their vaccinations, and uh, my my mum, uh, the famous um, crazy golf playing police yeah. officer, who got into a uh, newspaper not too long too long ago, um, she's got COVID nineteen now, so she's actually uh, she's got it. So she's in the process of self-isolating, as you should. Um, obviously, thankfully, she's got a great crazy golf set in the house that she can continue yeah. to play with. She can work and practice on it. Um, but obviously, unfortunately, that's due to her, her role um, as a police officer. It means that she comes into contact with quite a few people. Um, yeah. And, you know, some, sometimes that, that just can't be helped, unfortunately. So I wish her all the best. Um, yeah. And I also did a... Uh, I've got a couple of bits of breaking news. My other bit was that I... Have got. Uh, I went to a, a, the Sheffield Distillery uh, virtual cocktail making evening last night. So oh, I right, travelled okay. all the way all the way there, of course. Yeah. Um. Just obviously it's dressed. Just to get from downstairs to yeah. upstairs. All exactly. The way yeah. Around. Just just dressed from the top upwards, you know. Yeah. Um, but that was very good. So I'd like to give a shout out to the Sheffield Distillery and say, yeah, well done. What a great evening they put on, and I definitely recommend it to anyone who uh, wants to do anything like that. So it felt quite normal actually. You know, because I've not really done. I've done the odd quiz here and there, but I've not done anything where it's kind of a bit more people I might not uh, normally have known. I knew a few people who was there, but I didn't know many. Uh, but it was all right. It was pretty good. It was, you know, a bit, you know, to do it over Zoom as well, it was a bit unusual, but good at the same time. What do you mean you're not that familiar with doing things that you don't know? You, you've got, no, you run a I'm, business where you do, you do training and stuff. No, over I'm, Zoom I'm talking about, met before. I'm talking about from a social perspective, I suppose. Ah, uh, right, okay. But no, it was um, good. It worked really well. Um, and did, de- yeah, definitely did, recommend it. Were the presenters dressed as the greatest showman like you are when you do your presenting things, or were they just dressed normally? They, they, well, they, they weren't. They weren't dressed as the greatest showman, but they were the greatest PowerPoint showman. They were. They were dressed in their branded Sheffield Distillery um, uniforms. Though. Yeah. Unfortunately, none of them are a, like a, a, a mascot bottle of gin or anything like that. Yeah. Um, which I do suggest maybe it's a good marketing um, ploy for them if they if they went down that route. Um, yeah. I, I might or, I might have some contacts uh, for people yeah. who could potentially play that role of a, a gin bottle mascot. A few yeah. few contacts who might be out of work at the minute. Mm. <laughs> or what they should re- really done is uh, wore maybe a martini dress. Yeah, would have been perfect for it. You would have thought that that would that would have also worked. But that yeah. brings us quite nicely onto our drinks, doesn't it? Um, well, neither of us got a martini or a cocktail. <laughs> thought, but I suppose it. It can bring us on to drinks. Yeah. Um, shall I go first? You go for it, yeah. I've got some Brooklyn lager. Um, probably, I've not actually read the side of it, but I'm assuming made in America would make sense. Um, Brooklyn, by, uh, brewed nowadays by Carlsberg. 
Um, but there we go. And the Brooklyn Brewery is, so I'm guessing it's in the New York borough of Brooklyn, but it doesn't actually say anything on the can. Um, goes out of date in September of this year, by the looks of it, which is good to know. So it's still in date, even though they get them a little bit on the cheap. Mm-hmm. Got 12 cans of these for £9, I think, from the company shop yesterday. Have you ever been there to a company shop? Uh, I have been there, yeah, in the past. Yeah. Yeah, you can get some good stuff there. Yeah. Um, so if, if anyone, if people don't know what the company shop is, it's for um, generally people who kind of hold key worker type jobs. Um, I think we mentioned this stuff. before. I think are you, are you, Have you got some yeah. sort of sponsorship deal with a company shop that I'm not aware of? No, I was just going to say that uh, I, I've managed to get a membership because <laughs> you know, I'm just a, just a pillar of the local community, really. So yeah. uh, I managed to get one. Um, so... po- podcasting key workers. Uh, well, yeah, we keep we, we keep the key workers entertained with the podcast. I suppose, exactly, is the, yeah. Is the key bit, key role that we do. Uh, I've not got a I've not got a can for this, so I'm it's... just going to just going to sorry, not going. I'm not going to glass for it. I've got a can for it. It's in the can, obviously. I'm not going to pour it from one can into another. Um, and it's, it's it's meant to be quite hoppy and light uh, for a lager. Mm-hmm. So I think it almost tastes like a bit like a real ale. Yeah, lager. Nothing to do with Brooklyn Beckham. No, I mean obviously you can have the cruise lager, you can have yeah, the Harper Seven lager. I couldn't remember the other names. There's, yeah. there's the other Romeo lager. I, Romeo, that was the one I couldn't remember. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, it's early though, isn't it? It's it's you know it's just gone ten past eleven, and here we are having a drink on the podcast. Yeah, but I mean, first world problems. Then, first world problems. That oh. you see how I linked that into my drink. So well done, Jim, I went down to Lardida. We've mentioned them a few times on this uh, podcast as well, which is yep. a new craft ale. Um, spirits, wines, even cigar shop, um, yeah. which is down in Sh- in Chapel Town, uh, of course, near us. It's a Belgian IPA, six point two percent from Stuart Brewing. Stuart I don't know Brewing. If he's, if he's fi- is he called Stuart and his second name's Brewing? That'd be quite handy, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> or is it, is it, is it nom- nominative determinism? Is it like if your name's uh, Mr. Bun, then you're likely to be a baker. If your name's Stuart Brewing, then you might make, end up yeah. making brew- uh, beer. <laughs> um, it's pretty good in there because it's. I like. I, I love can designs. This is this is why I'm partly into really like you know picking up new beers because I love the can designs. And this one, uh, first world problems, staying in with the family, and then if you spin it around, you get a bit of a comic on your on your can. They don't know their Wi-Fi password. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and I must remember to take a picture of it this time. Um, so that I can post this beer on my Ale and Audio Instagram account, mm. where I like to keep a track of. Oh, it looks quite dark for me. This one actually. Um, well, I like I to keep like a... dark beers. Do you want to swap? We could, well, sure. it'd be nice, wouldn't Jump it? In the car and bring, bring it round and put it on your doorstep and swap them round, then come back and finish. The podcast. Yeah, just leave it recording. Uh, leave a yeah. song on or something. But there you go. Uh, there it is, and I shall get a picture of it while I've still got a a head on the on mm. the beer. So just give me one second. You keep people talking. Okay. Um, so actually, another bit of breaking news for me is that um, I left some cheese on the side yesterday in a little um, you know, bag that the cheese comes in. Um, so I just made me uh, made me tea. Well, all right, Vicky made it. Um, left the cheese on the side. Heard a bit of a rustling in the kitchen. Came back in. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming my cat finished the rest of the cheese because the cheese wasn't there. And the bag that the cheese came in was actually stuck on my cat's head. Well, she I... got a head stuck in it. I have another theory. Um, yeah. I think it might have been a mouse. The mouse ate the cheese that was, and then was stuck in the bag, and then the cat ate the mouse. Cat and the mouse. Yeah. Good point. Good and then if you, next time you go in, there's a dog in there or something, mm. <laughs> and you a can't whole, find the cat. Yeah, a whole food chain in there. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, should we move forwards? Let's move forwards, yes. Come on.
So it's uh, it's my show and tell, isn't it, Fisher? It is, yeah. I mean, I suppose another bit of breaking news, by the way, is Jimbo, is that uh, Joe Root was 174 not out for England. So, okay. come on, Joe, keep keep batting. <laughs> so, um, good, good. Uh, yeah, that's for the cricket people, I suppose, you know, yeah. like you. From Sheffield, from another person from Sheffield. Yeah, there we go. Um, now, my, my show and tell this week, it's going to be a bit different. Normally, we give each other two versions of, of the truth and one of them not be the truth, so a, tr- a truth and a lie. Yeah. It's going to work slightly different Which, this time. Just... Let's be clear to everyone watching, a truth and a lie is not the same as two versions of the truth. Is that right, Jim? <laughs> we just clarify that. Then. Well, you know, um, to politicians, that, that may well be the case. I'm still there, by the way. Yeah. I just had a very loud uh, bleeping in my headphones. Yeah, Sorry there, 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 there was a very loud bang and sort of, we sort of blurred up, so I don't know if viewers may have lost a bit of transmission there yeah. or listeners. No, I think we're back. We're all right. So anyway, here's my show and tell, and it's this uh, Instagram post. Can you see that? Uh, yeah, it's from Alan Audio, and it's uh, I've got to try and read it backwards there, but it's um, well, I can't quite read what it says. Unfortunately, I'll read it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's... Can you think of energy themed songs? Yes, is the one. So, for example, uh, an example would be "Let Love Be Your Energy" by Robbie Williams. Yes, correct. Um, yeah, that that would have been a great suggestion, oh. and we did play that one as well. So in my okay. in my podcast, I at the start of the the Alan Audio on the daily one, where I kind of give a shout out mm-hmm. to local breweries. Uh, beer shops and things like that. Taste a couple of beers. Talk about the beer I've had. Not not during. I normally have the beer the night before and then talk about it the day after. And uh, yeah, just it's a bit of a beer, a bit of music, just a bit of chatter, really. Very short episodes. But anyway, so I put this call out to to get people at the start of the week to choose some energy theme songs. And I had somebody like the post, not actually comment and leave a song suggestion, but somebody with a blue tick like the post. And we all know that a blue tick means somebody quite well known and uh, someone who's verified. A verified account. And yeah. it's yeah, it's a famous person. So I thought we could do a bit of a twenty questions and see for you how quickly you it takes for you to to get to um, the correct answer. And I thought you know, shall we shall we actually stick with the twenty questions thing? I can try and you know, we'll see if you can get it in twenty. As are the rules of twenty yeah. questions. Um, yeah. But if you can't, it's not never like mind. Play thirty questions, forty questions, fifty questions. Exactly. And... So, do you want okay. to go for it then? Yeah. So, is this person? Is, I'm assuming you've got to answer yes or no. Yeah, and and you know, pe- people yeah. might, you know, if people are listening, uh, watching live. Hello, if you're watching live. Hello, if you're listening. You're not listening live, whatever. You you know, see if you can beat Fisher to it. Basically, um, if you mm-hmm. can, you can leave a comment if you want. Fisher, don't be looking at the comments if uh, you know for the next however long if there are any. Go then, Fisher. Okay. So, is it male? Yes. Or a male? Yes. Are they in the entertainment industry? They have worked in the entertainment industry. Um, but not, okay. not directly from the entertainment industry. Are they a presenter form? They have presented. It's not, it's not yourself, is it? I mean, you're not trying to claim <laughs> class yourself just because you did the Barsley Excellence Awards a couple of times and that sort of stuff. Not not got the blue tick just yet. Although I'll, I'll... although somebody I was uh, I trained at Penniston FM, I'll give a shout out to him, Um Oh my You've god! Got to remember his name first. Yeah. <laughs> no. However, I forgot his name. Oh, he's completely. He's come. Rich, Rich Buckley. I don't know. I forgot that. So I had momentary lapse there. Richard Buckley. Rich Buckley. Um, he trained with me at Penniston FM. He was really into his sports and things like that. So he did a bit of sports show on Penniston FM. I uh, trained him up, taught him everything I know. You know, um, obviously not about cricket, and obviously not about football. Uh, but I taught him as much as I know about podcasting and radio and stuff like that, and just you know, help him learn how to push the buttons and all that kind of thing. He did really well, a great trainee, and he's now a FIFA World Esports commentator, and he's got the blue tick. Really? He's got the blue oh. tick. He's got. I'm sure on last look at about 
80,000 followers, something like that. Really? Mm. Um, so was it Rich Buckley? Is that who liked your no, post? No, that's not it. No, oh, okay. no, no. Um, and that's not one. I'll not put that down as one of your questions. I'll, yeah, so I'm, I'm on three at the moment. So we know yeah. that it's a male who sort of does a bit in the entertainment industry and has presented things. Are they also a, are they a sports star? No. Okay. Are they associated with this area in general, with sort of Sheffield, South Yorkshire, maybe even Yorkshire? No, as far as I'm aware, no. Okay. Um, that was your fifth question. Yeah. Um, even though I kind of asked three questions in one there, but I'll, I'll kind of get away <laughs> with that. Um, I would... What else could we ask? Are they at the peak of their celebrity dump at the moment? No, I, no, no. Would you say they were more famous, say, 20 years ago? Uh, yes. Okay. Have they worked in radio? Possibly. Like I said, I'll just give you a point to that, that, that sort of the entertainment industry itself and the fact that they're, they're well-known now is not necessarily the reason. It's not where they came from. Right. Just I'll, I'll put you down for one, two, three, four, five, six. You've asked seven questions. So not involved in sport, but the well-known. Are they, are, are they someone who would associate with being quite intelligent? Yes. Okay. Male intelligent... I can't, I can't. Aside from us two, I, I can't mean, think of many intelligent men. You, you would have them down as being intelligent to do the job that they had, um, but maybe they didn't be always behave very intelligently or very uh, astute. <laughs> do you like uh, that? A long word, isn't it? <laughs> do either of us know what that means? Um, so, did they? Were they someone who was maybe an academic? No. Who, who maybe worked for a university or something like that? Uh, no. No, not not what they're known for. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know that okay. far back. But. Would be known as being intelligent, John. Um, have are they involved in science at all? No. Um, involved in maybe sort of technology and design and that sort of stuff. No. Nope. Computers. Nope. <laughs> Come no. On, slow it down, Fisher. Okay. Put you down for ten, um, but I think you asked more than that. But I'll put you down for ten. Are they involved in the music industry? No. Nope. Are they from the UK? Yes. Are they from England? Yes. It's always, you know, when you ever do 20 questions with celebrities, it's always that kind of one of the, you know, like we always go like entertainment, sports. Mm. It's one of those areas that kind of gets forgotten about sometimes because it's it's a weird, it's like a weird segment into celebrity, if you know what I mean. Are they a criminal? Um, oh, I, or, 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 I don't are, are know they if they, I don't know if they ever faced any criminal they, charges, but they could are have. Are they infamous? I suppose they are. Yeah, they, they, they they certainly had a, a period of time where they were infamous, and I don't know if they they got famous <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they because they start they started infamous. <laughs> right. So someone started off as a baddie. Are, are they nowadays perhaps known as a goodie? Um, yeah, they're, they're kind just... of. I think I think it's. I don't know. It's a it's a funny one. I think so. I mean, obviously they, they, get, involved... they get they've had, they've had work after yeah. any sort of bad press that they had earlier on in the career. So yeah. Were they involved in reality TV? They have been involved in reality TV after the infamousness. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Right. It's not, it's not, I, thought, I thought it might have been um, Nasty Nick from Big Brother. He was quite infamous, but obviously mm. it, 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 was in, it was infamous at the start of his. Yeah, so the TV work they have done has been reality TV type show. Okay. Um, it's been like, it's got work from being... Go back to trying to think about this sector that they might be coming from or the area of, of what they did originally like you know like we said entertainment sport music you know try and try and explore that area a bit more if you can that might help um 
I think of anything that. Well, if you're not entertainment or sport, how would anyone ever know who you are? <laughs> um, this is what I'm saying. They... This is why it's a funny area. You see, it's one that always catches people out when it comes to twenty questions. You're on about fifteen at the minute, by the way. Are they from the south of England? Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, and, and the south. I'm, I'm not including the Midlands in there. Yes, yeah, south. Yeah. I would so, say. So. I would. I would say so, but I wouldn't know for sure. Um, maybe I should load their Wikipedia up just to help you out a bit more. Uh, one second, but I, I would imagine so with with the accent and and so on that they are certainly from down south. Whether they're from there from, originally, I'm not sure. But you'd associate them with them being down south. Would, would you particularly associate them with being a Cockney, for example? Not Cockney, no. Okay. Um, in terms of the reality TV, I'll, I'll tell you where he's from. Uh, <laughs> actually, it's from Grassmore in Derbyshire. All right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'll, you. I'll but, play but you wouldn't have them down as that, yeah. Right. Um, but it's, you're more likely than not going to consider them as being mm. someone from down south. Mm-hmm. Uh, born in Grasmore in Derbyshire. Are they from politics? Not politics. You, you tend to kind of be getting a bit closer when you say um, that, though. What's connected to politics that's sort of highbrow and not entertainment? Uh, in terms of the reality TV you, program... You, that you're on. onto it there. You need to keep going down that avenue. Um, I'm trying to think what's close to politics. That sort of are they a journalist? Not a journalist. Um, are they are they are they particularly popular and active on social media? And do they have quite a lot of followers? Sort of disproportionately uh, large amount of followers from what you'd expect. Oh, probably only because they're famous. But I wouldn't say that they're particularly well known for the social media or anything like that. Yeah, so so, so not like for example, uh, Joey Barton or Katie Hopkins or mm-hmm. that kind of person who's predominantly you would now say. Mm-hmm. More well known for social media. Um, are, uh, I, don't even, I, I, I know very little. I don't even know what industry this person particularly worked in. In terms of the reality TV program that they, that they appeared on, was it on ITV? Uh, uh, they it, appeared on a few reality TV programs. Yes, they, they've. Okay, I'll give you some clues. They appeared on. I'm a, they, uh, I, they appeared on. I'm a celebrity. Oh, okay. Don't want to Don't want to Don't want to Have they appeared on? I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. <laughs> appeared on. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Okay. Uh, was that in the most recent ten in the last ten years? Um, what are we on now? No, not the last ten years. Not the last ten years. Okay. So it's in the first ten years of I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Um, oh. Do you want to know any other any other programs he's been on? Yeah, go on then. So he's been on Give count. He's been he's appeared on Countdown and not as a get not as a not as a contestant. So that might give you some that clues. In Dictionary Corner potentially, yeah. Um, or oh, is he pre- is he presented countdown? No, celebrity okay. stars in their eyes. Um, as Richard Gere. Richard Richard Gere's not a singer. Uh, singing razzle dazzle from the Chicago. Right, ah, okay. Uh, um, he's also appeared on uh, through the keyhole with Keith Lemon. But his his main bit of reality TV work was he was a judge and a trainer on an on a Australian reality TV show that was. Featured quite a lot here in the UK, I think, as far as I'm aware, because I know it appeared on things like TV Burp and stuff like that. Australian TV show. I think I suggest you go back to talking about the area of work that they're from. You were getting a bit close. When you start talking about politics, you were getting a a tad closer to it. Is it some kind of political commentator who well, commentates on politics? No. I think you're definitely over your 20 questions now, by the way. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think we're almost over the like hour and a half limit we have in terms of how long we podcast for. Um, I know we're struggling a bit for material, but this is uh, this is taking it a bit far. But are, are they are they Australian? Or, well, no, no they're not Australian. South England. Yeah. 
frustrating TV program. I wouldn't get hung up on that. I'd start talk. I'd start going back to the the thing about the area of thing they might have done. You've you've missed a whole area of celebrity, a big chunk of celebrity out of the. If you could look at this the pie chart of where celebrities are come from, you have missed a big chunk of it. Mr. Entertainment, are they involved in royalty? Exactly. You are right, getting now. Okay. If you stick on that, you're going to get there. Right. So it's someone. From, so are they someone who would particularly say, "Oh, I, I think I might know it is." <laughs> did they? Did did they potentially steal things from Princess Diana? Potentially, they did. Well, this has never been proved in the court of law because the Queen was aware of it. So is it Paul Burrell? It is Paul Burrell. Well done. Congratulations. Oh, you made a meal out of that, Fisher. Yeah. You see what I mean, though? You just had to go down that route, didn't you? As soon as you got royalty, it wouldn't have took you that long. I think I think when you do yeah. 20 questions, it is one of, like, politics, royalty, are the one, there are a couple of areas that people tend to forget about, don't they? Because they're not, yeah. they're not, they're not, they've not generally come from being famous for doing anything entertainment-wise. Uh, but yeah, he went on to do things like uh, Australian Princess, didn't he, where he was sort of training yeah. princesses and things like that. He was uh, on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here in 2004. Uh, appeared on Countdown, celebrity stars in their eyes. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Paul, how random that Paul Burrell like my post. Yeah, <laughs> the seems, official Paul Burrell. Be, I mean, he seems to have become very famous from you know potentially stealing some of Princess Diana's stuff. I mean, being a sort of <laughs> confidant. I mean, obviously she's not around to sort of say that no, he's talking a lot of rubbish or yes, I agree with what he's saying. Yeah. Um, so but there we go. But anyway, so that's that so, was a bit of a random thing, wasn't it? Yeah, congratulations on uh, on getting the thumbs up from from Paul Burrell. I was hoping you wasn't, and I couldn't mention it in my uh, Ale and Audio podcast because I, I was worried about you listening to one of the episodes and then me ruining my show and tell for this uh, for this weekend. But uh, yeah, I was obviously safe uh, you, there. You don't have to worry about that, Jim. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're on to your feature now, aren't we, for sure? Oh, no, we haven't. We're, we're, we're skipping ahead. So we've been doing yes. our top three Donald Trump moments on Twitter, haven't we, over the last uh, few days? Because obviously uh, he is no more. Well, he's not dead, but yes. I mean, when it comes to his job now and on Twitter and stuff, he's gone, hasn't he, really? It's, uh, it's you know, it's a lot harder to hear from him, I suppose, which is a good yeah. thing, you know, no one's saying it's... Uh, but, but it's a sad thing for comedy because, of course, he brought us so much joy. When it came to comedy value, didn't they? Uh, well, it gave, it gave you a lot of material. I mean, a lot of it was a bit samey and a bit um, sort of predictable, unfortunately, um, and not not much of it was very nice. Um, but nonetheless, he was very much a, I suppose, a one of a kind. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's now just back. To, I was going to say he's now back to a normal citizen, but I think he still refers to President <laughs> Trump, isn't he? Um, there, there was news. That title. I'm sure there was a news article the other day where they were talking about editing ed- editing him out of Home Alone. Um <laughs> 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 The technology yeah. they've got these days, they could just like slap somebody else's face on the top of him, you know. Yeah, I mean, we, we can have the deep fake things, can't you? Because there was, I'm right in thinking that Channel 4 for their Christmas message this year had a deep fake version of the Queen, um, the Queen, yeah, and it was kind of dubbed and someone else had written something and made it look like the Queen. But the, the whole point was it was, um, trying to demonstrate what you can do with this artificial intelligence and sort of fakery on the internet, yeah. Uh, to which a lot of people said, oh, it's terrible. And I think you mentioned last week on the podcast about the picture on Twitter of the four lads going for a night out. Yeah. With the big, bit like us two, massive muscles and tattoos and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, Proper lads, lads, been, yeah. 
Yeah, that video had been faked from singing it. I can't remember what song it was. It was, singing, it was but... a sea shanty, weren't it? And it's and the yeah. person who did that who, who was kind of, I think he was in. He, I think he was quite. I think he was a postman, but he was just someone who um, kind of did those old classic sea shanty type songs. And somebody found it online, yeah. and it. And mm. then he's got famous because of it now. I think he's. I think he's even got a record deal. Yeah, but obviously, when a deep fake does that, then oh, hilarious, not a problem. <laughs> Fine. But, yeah. What great use of this technology. Um, so yes, I know uh, this is the problem with us. With us. With us. With us filming ourselves every every week doing this, we could end up on porn or anything. Could do. I mean, I'm not sure what you're planning on for for your feature in the show. Obviously, <laughs> but, um, there we go. So anyway, we'll talk about Donald Trump and some of his finest moments, um, to which I I put at number three um, when he gave parcels to people whose homes have been ravaged by a hurricane in Puerto Rico. Instead of just passing like some paper towels and some kitchen roll into the crowd, he stood there and seemed to like toss them like it was a basketball in yeah. some kind of competition to see who got the stupidest throw into the crowd. So it didn't really seem very empathetic towards people who were going through yeah. a tough time at the moment. Lacking his compassion and, and seeing it as a as an opportunity yeah. to, to act like an idiot, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So my number three, I put uh that my oh, where's it gone? It's vanished. Hold on one second. So my number three. I put down it's when Donald Trump uh, looked directly into a solar eclipse with no eyewear protection, mm. um, which isn't really a very healthy thing to do, and everybody knows that that you shouldn't really look at any so well any certainly any solar eclipse with without any eye protection or no. I mean, you shouldn't really do it at all, should you really? But uh, there you go. Uh, well, yeah, it doesn't matter whether it's an eclipse or not. Please mm. don't look directly into something because <laughs> you can, uh, can blind yourself. Um, it, perhaps he thought that um, perhaps he got confused because his wife Melania always wears a pair of sunglasses. Um, probably just to make sure you can't see the tears uh, in her eyes um, from the life that she's had to live over the last uh, mm. four years. Um, but even if you are wearing sunglasses, I think looking directly into the sun is still, still quite dangerous anyway. So we wouldn't recommend it in any, in any event. She could have, uh, yeah. Bonnie Tyler could have done a rewrite of a song and done Total Eclipse of the Fart. Like, obviously, Donald Trump, 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 Trump. Fart, Trump Fart sort of yeah. thing. That's probably quite very, a, good. very loose, but anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's help you Trump aren't very loose because that could mean something else. So that's why. <laughs> um, anyway, next up for, for me, number two was his interview last year where he claimed protesters were throwing tins of soup at police officers. And if stopped, the protesters would just claim, They've got soup for my family. This is soup <laughs> for my family. A can of soup, it's it's a perfect size. You can put plenty of force behind a can of soup. Uh, and they were throwing them at the police, but it's, which is a lot of nonsense. He also, he also claimed that um, they were throwing, throwing frozen bottles of water. When they say they're throwing water at the police, no one's bothered, but they don't tell you it's frozen. It could hurt when it's frozen. Um, and that was what protesters were allegedly doing at the police force. Sure, he also claimed that people got, were getting bags of soup that they were importing into the country and then yeah, apportioning out into various tins and ch- chucking them at the so, police. So he clearly doesn't condone protesters then? Um, no, um, <laughs> sorry, it, 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 it depends what they're protesting about, obviously. Of course. I mean, all the all the people who stormed the Capitol building, I mean, they didn't have cans of soup. They just got guns and stuff instead. Oh, so, right, you know. fair enough. Yeah, well, they're legal, aren't they? So, uh, yeah, anyway, um, number two for me, Donald Trump talking about a steelworker's father being proud and looking down on him, despite the fact the steelworker's father was not actually dead. And uh, yes. it, it, during during that, he had to. This, I think I think somebody said he's not actually dead. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. I, 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 I don't think I'd ever seen that before until you tweeted it. So thank you very much for enlightening me on, the, <laughs> on that front. Um, and to, I think Trump was almost a little bit embarrassed. And I think he sort of like tried to say at the end of it, "Well, it'll be even more proud if he's still alive and all that sort of stuff." Yeah. But it was a very, it was a very heartfelt speech from someone who I think his, his father used to be a miner. I think, and you know, he said, he said the amount of imports coming into America 
um, had re- vastly reduced his father's income and put him out of work when he got six children to bring up. Um, and we should be putting America first and making it great. And then he stepped off the stage and Trump said, you know, your father, he'll be looking down on you. And then the dog <laughs> said, he's not dead. He's not dead. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, so what was your number one then, Fisher? Uh, my number one was um, an amazing interview last year where Trump claimed that he got a very good memory uh, because he'd taken a memory test. Uh, he, however, said that he couldn't remember the name of the memory test it taken, which surely is part of the memory test itself. And <laughs> he then quoted some words that he'd heard, which were person, woman, man, camera, TV. Well, um, there were obviously things he could see, probably, as well. There were all things that he could see in front of him, yeah, uh, at that particular point in time. I mean, he's that intelligent that he can't even think on his feet enough to think of five words that aren't directly in front of him. <laughs> um, and he said he did this memory test where he said, you know, think of five words, say, um, you know, let's say, person, woman, man, camera, TV. Uh, is that right? Yeah, I've, I've, I've even got it right. <laughs> it's, it's quite difficult to think about for a mouth. I can't quite remember the order you get it in. And then, like, he came back and he said, after 10 questions, they'll say to you, what were those five words that you mentioned? And... And it, it was quite clear that it's very rare. It's, it's very rare for people to even get all the five words that they'd said initially. But Trump, you know what he managed to do? He even managed to say the five, first five words and get them in order. And the person <laughs> conducting the test said that never happens. <laughs> it just so happens that the only time it's ever happened is when one of the world's biggest ever morons tries to do it, and he can get them all right. <laughs> someone who, someone who's noted and a proven liar throughout the course of his presidency, oh. he managed to get them all right for the first time, apparently. So that, that was my favourite Trump moment. Well, well, my my number one moment, and it it, it can't be left out, and it, it it's funny, but it's also very very scary that actually somebody at the at the top of the world in terms of power can say something like this. But it's the old, and everyone will know, it's the old U.S. President Trump actually asking scientists to consider injecting disinfectant or looking into injection <laughs> injecting disinfectant to fight COVID, and. The best bit of it is the, is the kind of just one of the scientific advisors sort of sat on the other side of the room as Trump looks over and she's just sort of she's just she yeah she just doesn't know where to look does she it's yeah. uh, it's hilarious um, but I think rigor mortis very is worrying. almost setting because she seems to go completely rigid and think oh maybe if I stay still no one will see me and no one will notice me I just remember the shock at the time of people thinking how. How is this being said? But but people did it, didn't they? According to reports, and you know, I don't know how true they are, but apparently people people did do it. I mean, you know, right. there's a lot of Isn't... millions and millions of people in the in the in the world and in the US, and it's like, well, of course, somebody might actually try it, and I think that's it's a danger, isn't it, when somebody's such a. I mean, I saw I saw a news article the other day. Uh, well, I saw it on Twitter actually. So uh, this 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 lad has reported his his dad to the police for going to a Trump protest right where they were, I think they were planning stuff. And uh, unfortunately, this lad's, you know, had to go against his own dad because he's completely brainwashed by Trump mm. and the, the sort of, you know, the, the the sort of followers that he's got behind him. And it's quite an unfortunate situation because it's 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 really ruining a lot of people's lives. Like in America, it's hard for us to understand here, I suppose, because we, you know, we, we tend to have these elections and, you know, we fall out with people for a little bit, but then we just forget about it. But over in America, people have actually, re- you know, and I suppose it happened here with Brexit, but people have, have actually fallen out with members of their family and don't talk because of it. Yeah. I mean, who was this person's dad? Was it uh, Donald Trump Jr.? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I know obviously some people did try it. I mean, I know sometimes I mentioned the Ig Nobel Awards, but there's also another set of awards called the Darwin Awards, if you've heard about that which is people who've killed themselves in stupid circumstances and effectively taken themselves out of the gene pool. Or, or indeed, I think if you've 
um, castrated yourself, so made yourself infertile to make sure your genes can't be passed on. I think some of those people, unfortunately, will probably fall into that category. Other people in there include, um, I think... I'll probably do a quiz about this at some point, but include someone who I think um, attached themselves to loads of helium balloons and like floated off up into the air mm. and got seriously injured. Um, I think a lot of people in the 80s have, uh, have, have done that because they didn't want their genes passing on because they were they were god-awful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> terrible fashion Stone sense. Wranglers. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think one other person as well, just on the Darwin Awards, who um, well, they went to play golf one day and... If you ever play golf, there's like sometimes there's a little machine that you can wash your golf balls in. How old is it? <laughs> what are you going to say next? <laughs> now, I think you know what's going to be coming here that they decided to wash their balls in there and, funnily enough, um, damage their own testicles and therefore remove themselves from gene pool. Oh. Um, but <laughs> nonetheless, talking about um, obviously, I don't know. I, to be fair, I mean, it's difficult to work out which of the two that we've mentioned is our favourite. I mean, possibly I'd, I'd add a third one into there, which was when Donald Trump did an interview with someone called Jonathan Swan last year, where he was talking about the response to COVID. And uh, Donald Trump held up a graph where he proudly proclaimed that we're doing better than, as he put it, the world. <laughs> just by holding up a graph. Yeah. Um, he just said, look, look, I've got some, I've got some graphs. Um, you know, and, and the, the interviewer basically said that the numbers that you're producing, that's sort of the amount of deaths for people who are um, who tested positive. I mean, what I want to know is the amount of deaths per percentage of population. You know, you've got some countries like Australia, uh, New Zealand, South Korea, Germany, much lower death toll per percentage of population. And Trump was quite clear in the way these statistics were presented. He just told him, no, you can't do that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, not, not one for being scrutinised, obviously. So you've got um, something on uh, inaugurations for, having, uh, for us, haven't you? I do, yes, I do. Um, so I've got some questions about inaugurations of presidents. Um, Donald, uh, well, Joe Biden uh, was inaugurated this week on January the twentieth, which which is nowadays a common date. Apparently, people presidents now get inaugurated on twentieth of January. Um, as of, I can't remember exactly when that was brought in. That's not always been the case, but did, did you see? Now. Did you see somebody had edited it ed- on social media? Somebody had edited um, Barry from EastEnders. I did see that singing, someone there inherited. Made it look like he was singing at the inauguration. <laughs> yes. Do you know where he was singing at that point, where? by the way? Was it Royal Albert Hall or something? No, it was at the Bowls. Uh, um, the the like National Bowls Championships. Okay. Um, obviously, it's got all these, generally speaking, the, 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 the audience for a game of bowls is did, generally quite an older... Did he, did he wash his bowls in a bowl washing machine? <laughs> if they're as big as some bowls, then you know, he, it must be a very impressive man. Um... So yeah, uh, for some reason, yeah, the people who go and watch the bowls is generally quite an older demographic, and for some reason, one year at the uh, bowls, they were entertained to Sean Williamson or Barry from East Enders is better now, uh, singing something inside so strong. Which, <laughs> and it, I think if you if you ever watched the audience reaction to that video, there was a just a general feel where I'm not sure they're that bothered about him being there, but nonetheless, he was there and sung his heart out. But anyway, Barry from East Enders is yet to be inaugurated as the president of America, so instead, I'm going to talk about people who have been inaugurated. Um, and Andrew Jackson was inaugurated in 1829, um, fully enough, on the same day as Joe Biden's 50th birthday. Um, and what happened after his <laughs> inauguration? Is it, he was smoking a cigar in the White House, which was then discarded. It ignited the newspaper, which then combined to cause fire damage in the White House on his first day there. Or he invited loads of people back to the White House and a crowd of around 20,000 people caused a lot of damage. Okay, so did he either start a fire on his first day as president 
Or did he invite people back to the, you know, like you do when you've, uh, you know, when, you, when, you, when yeah. you're at an event. He, like, come on, come back to my after party at mine. And then it, it, yeah. that happened at the White House with 20,000 people. Yeah, his mum and dad had gone all this the weekend. <laughs> so he got, he got everyone back for, for the house party. All right. I reckon um, maybe, I mean, it was the book in the 50s, you say, isn't it? Is that right? 59, uh, was the it? Eight, not quite. It was the 1820s. Um, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, sorry, yeah, eighteen twenty. Lot, yeah. I, I, oh, I suppose security could have been a lot less uh, strict. Well, it would have been not not as great back then. But let's go with the um, first yeah, one. They, he started a fire. I think he started a fire. Yeah, he, he didn't have CCTV up at that point by the sounds of it. Um, <laughs> just on the didn't it not been event for about another hundred years. Um, so start a fire. No, you'd be wrong. He invited twenty thousand people. Twenty thousand people back, but he. He invited people back for an open house at the White House, and about 20,000 people turned up. Um, there was a fair amount of damage caused, obviously, because, you know, I think most houses would be damaged if you had 20,000 people in them. Yeah. Uh, it took about a week or so to kind of clean imagine, down. It, imagine how much that would cost you in a fine at the minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, oh, you can get... Oh, there's maybe a bit we can talk about in the news about. Um, yeah, about the number of people. Sort of stuff. Yeah. Go on, then, what's, um, next? what's question number two? So next up, what is well known about Win- William Henry Harrison's inauguration speech? Was it the shortest or the longest? What's his name again? William Henry Harrison. Right. Well, just because he's got a long name, <laughs> he sounds greedy. <laughs> Let's go with longest. Yeah, he said, "I, William Henry Harrison." He said, "Sorry, that's the longest <laughs> speech we've ever had here." Um, yes, it was. It was the longest ever speech. Um, which I think I think lasted about eight thousand words. He said he became president in I've not I've not done the year down actually, which is a bit strange because I normally do. Um, let's see if I can find it just now because I'm on his Wikipedia page. He's done a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff in his life. I'll tell you this, fella. I, I would see. see I'm, I'm currently on Paul Burrell's Wikipedia page, obviously from earlier. Yeah. I wonder how long it'd take us to meet. So if we, you know, so can, see, how how can we get from Paul Burrell to William Henry Harrison in in, in so many clicks? You know, I mean, that, I that might be something for another day. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think I'd, we can try that. I think you'd probably click on American presidents and then maybe click on Royal Bill Clinton. Yeah. And then, yeah, something to do with the royal family. Maybe Bill Clinton went to Princess Diana's funeral. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, it'd just be under all the various scandals. But it's amazing, isn't it, how, how quickly you can do things like that with Wikipedia. How, yeah. I, like, I used to like playing that, how many clicks. I mean, it just shows how, how much time I used to have in my hands and how sad I was. Yeah. But how many clicks it yeah. takes to get from one random person to another. And it's surprising that you can do it in very little. Really amazing. Yeah. So, what's the film? Is it 60, it's either Six Degrees or Seven Degrees of Separation. Yeah. I can't remember which. Uh, <laughs> I watched it after I watched it after I watched The Six Dwarfs. Um, so anyway, the uh, it was the ninth president of America in 1841. Um, wasn't there, wasn't president for very long. He died shortly afterwards. Um, so, so he got the longest ever speech, but was only president for literally one month. <laughs> so, what a, so I think eight thousand words in that thirty days. I mean, I'm not quite sure what that equates to as words per day of being president. But, uh, but there we go. Uh, president Eisenhower. He was inaugurated in uh, 1953. Uh, what happened during his inauguration? Mm-hmm. Is it a cowboy turned up with the permission of the Secret Service and lassoed him, or? Cowboy turned up and, with the permission of the Secret Service, pretended to shoot him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did I? I'm going to go with that. I, would, I, would, I hope it's the Lassudin one. I think that's even, I think that's funniest. So let's go with the Lassudin one. You think you Lassudin? Yeah. Yes, you're right. A, a, a pretend cow, a cowboy turned up and, and Lassudin. him. Brilliant. Uh, that was in that was in front of the um, sort of the, the Secret Service were aware of it and uh, they were okay mm-hmm. that it was happening. Uh, next up. 
The extreme weather led to what happening at Ulysses S. Grant's inauguration in 1873, where a marquee was erected for the presidential ball to be held. So I think um, think it's quite commonplace now. Can I just stop you a second? Just while you were talking, I was trying to see how quickly I could get from uh, Paul Burrell to to William Henry Harrison. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I started off, like I said, he played Richard Gere, didn't he? He, he took off Richard Gere in Celebrity Stars in Their Eyes. So I went yeah. from Paul Burrell, so my first click was Richard Gere. And then mm-hmm. I clicked on, uh, Gere, support, uh, Gere stated that the Iraq, uh, the war in Iraq was not supported by the American people and that the George W. Bush administration. So I clicked on George W. Bush. And then yeah. I clicked on, uh, where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Uh, Presidents Ameri- of the United States. Presidents of the United States, which is um, where is it? Presidential United States. That's it. That's it. And then uh, yes, I then found him straight away. So I got there within three clicks from Paul Burrell to William Henry Harrison. I got there because obviously the fourth click would have been on the list of American presidents. So that would have been the fourth click. There you go. Well done. Well done. <laughs> um, so we could we could maybe do this. There's definitely a, a feature, feature in that, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next up, uh, sorry, yeah, Ulysses S. Grant uh, is an inauguration ball, which I think is commonplace now for presidential inaugurations in 1873. Uh, what extreme weather, there was extreme weather at the time, but what happened? Is it, it was so cold, and this was held outdoors in a um, in a marquee. So is it so cold that a number of canaries who were booked died in their cages? Or it was so hot that a number of guests collapsed due to heat exhaustion? That's unusual because, uh, well, the first one because canaries normally die; they normally take them down a cave or something, don't they? Like a mine, and it's been and, down a gold uh, mine, yeah, uh, not a gold mine, a coal mine. And if it was run out of oxygen, they'd, um, I think, they'd die, and that was, mm. that was it. But um, uh, canaries kind of can live. I'm sure they can live. Like I've had canaries before, and things like budgies outside or cockatiels and stuff. And I think they've sort of survived the, the winter. But I suppose the, the winters yeah. get a lot colder in America than what they probably do here. I suppose. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was an extreme of weather, so either extremely hot or extremely cold. Okay, and then the second one? Uh, it was so hot that a number of guests collapsed due to heat exhaustion. And this was what? It would have been January, wouldn't it? No, this is, this is in the days before it was January. Oh, okay. I think January's only been in for about 50 years or so, something like that. What would happen then if, if an American president was, like, ousted, like, you know, removed... You know, say if it was Trump got removed in the summer, would they have to have a different inauguration sort of time? Would they have to have it earlier? Uh, well, we'll get on to that in a bit. Okay, go on then. Okay. Let's let's go with the extreme heat one. I think. And that number of guests collapsed. Yeah, uh, you'd be wrong. It was so cold that some people died. Very sad yeah. for all those Norwich fans. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit strange. You said some canaries who were booked as entertainment. I mean, sounds that <laughs> entertainment to me. You know, just a canary just making a lot of noise. I mean, okay. it could it, one one of them could have been taken off Richard Gere um, from a Chicago yeah. musical. Who knows? Uh, next up, uh, what did Woodrow Wilson dispense with in 1913? Um, is it that he didn't hold a presidential ball given the sober mood throughout the world at the time, or he was a noted atheist and therefore became the first president not to swear an oath on the Bible? Instead, he chose to use a biography of George Washington. Okay, what what was the first one? What year was the first one? Uh, Nineteen thirteen, which is pre pre world. It's after the Titanic sank, but before the First World War started. Okay, so there could have been certainly a mood across the world at that point. Maybe what was going off at the time. 
Um, possibly, I think I think there was a bit of tension in the world before the world war. Yeah, world wars don't just start like that. Maybe I think there has to be a bit of a build up to it. So, would that have been around the time of the Holocaust and things like that? Uh, no, that was at a compl- That was during the Second World War, Jimba. Right. Okay. Um, as well as first, that was that was Hitler. He did the uh, yes, did, well, yes, yes. If, if it happened, which it definitely did. Right. <laughs> so anyone, anyone tries to deny it, I mean, just look at the scientific facts on the matter, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. let's say then I think it was the second one and he was an atheist and he went on uh, a book from George W. Washington is it George 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 Washington uh, George Washington yeah, no, yeah. No, I think you're getting confused between George W. Bush and George yeah, Washington yeah, yeah. Yeah. George yeah. Washington uh, no you'd be wrong he, he, he cancelled the board because of the um, did he wash his ball up. in uh, no I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, it, and there was never Woodrow Wilson Jr. as a result of it. Um, so, <laughs> next up, uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt's first inauguration in 1933. What happened? Is it he used the oldest ever Bible that was used? It was a family Bible from the 1680s, which was written in Dutch. Or he became the first president to have a celebrity sing the national anthem. Franklin D. Roosevelt dispensed with the tradition of the anthem being sang by local school children, and instead, Bing Crosby sang it. Okay, interesting. Um, just something on Bibles that's quite interesting from uh, my family background. I suppose I could have used this in a show and tell, but uh, I'll just say it now. Uh, my my gran, um, one of them who's been vaccinated, my gran, the one who, who normally rings up when I'm in the middle of a podcast, and uh, she's featured on yeah. this before as well, hasn't she? Back in the days. Um, anyway, she she believes through her research and her kind of like tracking back family records and family trees and stuff that mm-hmm. that my family is related to William Tyndale. Do you know who William Tyndale is? I don't, no. He was the first person to convert the Bible from Latin to whatever it was, Latin or whatever, to uh, English and yeah. uh, was burnt at the stake for it. Really? So she thinks uh, that's uh, that's she thinks that we are related to him in some way. There you go. Yeah. So, well done. just because you mentioned old Bibles, um, yeah. so so was it in a really old Bible, uh, a really old Bible that was in Dutch, or what was the second one? Uh, it was the first president to have uh, changed the, or have a celebrity singing the national anthem. Previously, local school children used to sing it, but he arranged for Bing Crosby to sing it instead. Yeah, I can see there must have been at some point when that happened. So, yeah, let's go. Let's let's go for that. Probably the point of celebrities starting to be a thing as well possibly like a bigger thing i suppose so let's go with that uh yeah you're wrong oh. um i'm not doing very well today oh never never mind never mind um yes but i'm asking you a question from a, a great swath of history so i don't worry about it too much the uh um, the, the the bed and breakfast that my gran ran for a, a number of years maybe 40 years or so in millhouses in sheffield of course it was called Tyndale yeah. as well because of uh, her oh, right. her belief that that might have been the case. So uh, it's closed now. They've, they've, with the COVID and everything, they decided it was the right time to retire. So there you go. Really? Well, there we go. Did, did you tell basically everyone who came to the bed and breakfast who asked the question, did you tell them about the being a very distant relation of William Tyndale? Not sure. There must be so many people who are related to him, but sort of there could be thousands and thousands of bed and breakfast out of the country named the same yeah. thing just for the same reason. <laughs> but there we go. Uh, but anyway, next up, George W. Bush. Um, his, at his first inauguration in 2001, what Bible did he use? Is it the same Bible as the other two Georges? His dad, George Bush Sr., and George Washington, sometimes known as George W. Washington. Did he use that Bible? Or had he hoped to use the same Bible as the other two Georges, his dad, George Bush Sr., and George Washington, but it rained, so they didn't? Ah, good point. 
So you, so you definitely either wanted to or did, basically. Hmm. <laughs> there's def- definitely, there's, there's, I mean, I'll, I'm not going to ask the next question, which is, which Bible did George Bush Sr. <laughs> use? Is it the same one as George Washington? Let, um, let, let's go with he, he wanted to, but it rained. He wanted to, but it rained. Yes, you'd be correct. Well done. I've only got... Um, I've only got two more questions left, by the way. Um, so, at the, at the inauguration of President John F. Kennedy, what was unusual about it? Is he the first person to have a poet perform with Robert Frost speaking before the crowd? Or, it was the first person whose parents took part in the ceremony. His dad, Joseph Kennedy, was a senator, and he was chosen to administer the oath to Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson. Hmm. So, the first, so, did he have a poet to come and do something? For the first yeah, time. a poet came and, and read something out. Robert Frost um, spoke before the crowd, presumably dealing with a poem. Um, or, the, or the second option, he was the first person whose parent took part in the ceremony. His dad, Joseph Kennedy, uh, was a senator and chosen to administer the oath to his vice president, Lyndon B. Johnson. I reckon... I think there's a, there's a lot of Kennedys around there, by the way. So I'm really general. trying to get one right here because I know I've not been doing very well and I really think it's the first one, the poet one. But because... Um, I've been getting them wrong. I'm going to go with what I think the answer actually is, and I'm going to go to the opposite one. And I think it's, uh, and I'm going to go with that his dad or his parent was the first time to have a parent. In- okay, uh, yeah, you should have stuck with what you thought initially because <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> um, so the final question, and obviously what you mentioned is about inaugurations and when people become presidents. So obviously, if the president dies in office, what normally happens is straight away the vice president becomes president. Um, and what you tend to have is sort of you have to take an an, an oath of office because you've it, a bit like the oath that um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris took um, last week. You still have to take the same oath, but obviously you can't say, "Well, Pre- President Kennedy's died. Let's have a massive, uh, massive inauguration of a new fellow and have loads of uh, ah. dancing and singing and all that sort of celebration and stuff." Just straight away, as soon as Lyndon B. Johnson became president, he straight away had to take his oath. So, so is Where, it is it basically like the inauguration then is for both? Of the the so so that it's for both the the president and the vice president so that if the vice president has to take over then they, she's technically had the inauguration already. Um, I suppose that's one way of thinking about it, to some degree. I, mean, I think the inauguration really is just a bit of a celebration. You've got a new president coming in and it's kind of you know we've got flags out there, we've got people celebrating the new leader. Um, they have to take a they have to take an oath saying I'm the president of the United States and I will do this. Um, the vice president obviously said one time that saying I'm the vice president of the United States and I'll do X, Y, and Z and I'll honour my country and all this sort of stuff. Uh, but as soon as you become president, you meant to put your hand on the Bible. Not sure if you when Trump did it. It's, it's like the Bible burnt when he put his hand against it. <laughs> um, and he, so, so Linda B. Johnson had already taken an oath oh, as vice these, president. These will make good bricks to build said wall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what you were thinking. Um, I, I became the first person to translate the Bible from Latin into bullshit, um, <laughs> or what have you. So, um, Lyndon B. Johnson then had already taken his oath to be vice president, but becoming president, he had to take an oath to be president. Uh, where did he take his oath? Was he on an aeroplane, or was he on a beach? Ooh, well, so, so it's like the moment that happens, basically, you have to do it. Uh, pretty well, pretty much the, the moment it happens, and you're in the vicinity of a Bible, I think. Strange because, like, I don't know if in those days how good it. Well, I suppose you could because you can communicate with pilots and stuff like that to let them know it there on the plane or whatever. Uh, let's go beach, shall we? Um, you'd be wrong. Unfortunately, oh. it was it was on an aeroplane. Terrible. I've done really badly today. I believe he's the the only president to have been inaugurated. Uh, sorry, to 
taking an officer out on an aeroplane for fairly obvious reasons. Um, but there we go. So I was going to say, well done, Jimbo. But, you know, yeah, let's that... be truthful about the matter. I mean, you've you've tried your best. That, um, that was awful. <laughs> I think I only got... got right. Did I even get one or two right? Probably two right, maybe. But, <laughs> yeah. oh. I mean, I started that then, but we have got a uh, an advert to play uh, because Daryl's back. Are you ready to hear from Daryl? Yeah, let's see what he's got to say. Hello, it is Daryl, and I'm opening up as a psychologist offering appointments in my new studio. I have a great interest in psychology. After seeing one myself, he was so good that he could tell absolutely everything that was going through my mind, and it only took him about 45 seconds, and most of that was me thinking about donuts. I'm greatly interested in the work of Paloff, if that name rings a bell for you. If you don't know who he is, he is a psychologist who has really soft hair. I think that's down to his classic conditioning. I'm helping plenty of people at the moment, including someone who couldn't drive backwards in his car, but I sorted this thanks to my reverse psychology. He came to see me after I told him not to. Do you keep thinking you're a potato? Why not get on my couch? Do you keep thinking you're a dog? Why not get on my couch? If you're allowed on the furniture. One of my recent successes includes helping a man who we thought was a moth. I was really pleased that he came for psychological help, but it turns out he only came to see me because I'd left my light on. I also had an appointment with three ladies, and after speaking to them, I worked out that they were so subconsciously addicted to certain things that they named their children after them. The first lady was obsessed with cars, so she named her child Ferrari. The second lady was so obsessed with money that she called her child Penny and I didn't get much chance to speak to the third lady as she and her son Roger made a swift exit. So on to the news then. We'll not spend too much time on this uh, because we haven't really got that much news, have we, really? Just as as always, as tends to be, there's only ever really one thing going off, isn't there? So, um, but anyway, I did want to mention a couple of things. So a few weeks back, it might have been last week, might have been week before, I mentioned that there was a pigeon um, in Australia who had yep. been um, basically uh, suspected of getting all the way from Oregon in the US to someone's back garden. Uh, a man called Kevin Kellybird. It landed in his back garden, which was quite, you know, in fact, his name's Kellybird. Uh, but anyway, yeah. they, they were going to put this bird to death because they thought it was obviously going to be carrying diseases and, and mm. so on. But it turns out um, they actually think now that it hasn't come from the US and it's just a fake racing pigeon that somebody yeah. stuck a tag on to try and make money from. Because um, <laughs> obviously they can, they can fetch quite a lot of money racing pigeons. So they think it's actually an Australian bird after all. Um, so I think, you know, fortunately the, the pigeon managed to escape anyway before, um, any death sentence was, was carried out because, uh, the, the pigeon along with the, another couple of birds who were also in quarantine, uh, managed to escape when they, they started a coup and, uh, <laughs> against the, yeah, and, uh, but anyway, they've, they've now cancelled Dick Dastardly and Mutley cause they don't need, uh, they don't, they, they're, they're going to let it off, I think. Hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, they they enlisted the help of uh, people in the RAF to try and track down the bird. Um, someone he got the position of wing commander. Um, <laughs> so, uh, 
Imagine, imagine if that pigeon was carrying the COVID vaccine as well, and the first thing he did is just shot him um, <laughs> and got rid of it. Um, yeah, that's, that's good news for the pigeon, so, though, isn't it? But I think from, from that story about uh, Joe the pigeon, because he was called Joe after Joe Biden, by the way, uh, on to another story about uh, borders and so on and uh, people crossing borders and that kind of thing. Uh, Pretty Patel? Yeah, Pretty Patel. Um, it came out this week that she advocated that she would like to have closed the UK's borders in March last year. Oh, yeah, of course, because of like COVID and everything. No, I think she just wants to do it anyway. Oh, right, um, okay. Just to <laughs> stop anyone else coming in who might not be from this country. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this is a person who said that she would possibly deport her own parents if um, if needs be. Um, so, yes, she, she said that she she would have uh, recommended deport... Uh, sorry, not... <laughs> she would recommend deporting her parents is what I'm about to say. I'm sure she wouldn't actually recommend that and uh, be too keen on it. But she did uh, advocate, apparently, last year that we should have closed our borders in, in March last year, um, which hasn't been done. Um we have now we've closed all travel corridors now, um, and we've also prevented people coming in from Brazil and also Portugal. Um, obviously, Brazil is where there is a new strain of the virus that's been discovered, and people are quite concerned about that. And uh, in that in Brazil, they speak Portuguese, so therefore it makes perfect sense to stop people going from Portugal as well. Because um, <laughs> you know, I think it, I think it, it can be transmissible just by different speaking different languages, as far as I'm aware. Uh, but apparently, what they actually said was there are I'm sure they actually said there are historic links between Portugal and Brazil. Uh, therefore, we stop people coming from Portugal as well. Mm. Uh, must make sense to someone. Well, ministers have got different ways of doing things all around the world. I mean, have you heard of the Sri Lanka um, health minister who has had a bit of a personal different approach to fighting COVID? She drank a sorcerer's potion to protect her from catching COVID-19. Okay, uh, I'm guessing she's dead now, then, is she? Yeah, she caught COVID. Her. She's, yeah. <laughs> she's fighting it off. <laughs> no, she's not dead. She's she's okay, um, but she's she has got COVID, so that that clearly didn't work. I mean, I've got um, I don't know if you if you wanted to, I've got some some uh, potion. Um, um, let me just here it is. Okay, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's 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 a special potion that makes yeah. you disappear. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if you uh, is that okay? Do you want me to try it? Yeah, go take. Have a go at it, Jimbo. Have you a sure? go at it. One I mean, second then. This might not work very well for our audio listeners, by no. the way. But um... Um, So, here it is. This is a, a potion that makes makes me disappear. Okay. Um, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So, the idea is that the potion goes in. It goes mm-hmm. into your blood veins, down through your, mm-hmm. you know, all through your organs, and it starts to internally make you... Do, do, am, I, am I being clear? Uh, no, I can still see you. You're not no? being clear at all yet. Sure. I'll keep trying yeah. anyway. So... Mm-hmm. Oh dear. That was probably rubbish, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it didn't work at all. We could see you leaving the shop. I mean it's a bit like saying, say what well, I've got this I've got this potion here that I drink. I drink it. <laughs> I, I drink just, it. I just saw then... the preview and it just didn't work at all, did it? No, no, it didn't well, no, then... at all, in all honesty. Um let's say if you were an audio viewer, if you were an audio listener and didn't get a chance to see that, I think you'd probably end up on the better end of the deal. <laughs> it's a bit like saying though, Jim Bell, if I have got this potion that as soon as I drink it, it sends all my background blurry. Oh, it's worked. It's actually worked. How have I done that? <laughs> Things you can do, eh? I'm gonna have to. I tell you, I'm just gonna have to spit some of it back into the can to make it to take it all out of me. Let me just uh, try this again. <laughs> there we go. It's, it's, it's back again. It works again. Well, I, I think I think what it is is it, I, I've got the I've got the wrong potion, Fisher, because I've drank this and I've realised I've done something very foolish, and actually mm-hmm. it doesn't. It, it it doesn't. It's not the right one. It doesn't make me disappear. This one. This is the actually the potion that makes me bark like a. So anyway, 
that would have been slightly better to have used, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, okay. Yeah. So moving on. So, um, yeah, have we got any more news items to talk about, or can we can we jump straight onto your quiz? Yeah, I, I reckon we can probably just uh, just jump straight on. So should we get on with it? Yeah, come on. Right, here we go then. So this portion also need, makes me really need a wee, so hopefully this section's not going to go on too long. Uh, and actually, we might even finish on time today as well. And uh, yeah, um, there's, there's something we didn't talk about, but we could talk about it at the end of the episode because we, we sort of forgot something. But we'll come back to that later. Um, okay. Number, so here we go. So this is, but last week you might remember I did a, a quiz about mass vaccination centres because they'd, they'd been an original seven announced for the UK originally. In, yeah. And I did a few American ones in there. And then on the day that I did the quiz for you last Sunday, they'd announced some more. So I've done more. Now, I've not, I've, it's very difficult to do these quizzes. I was trying to find interesting things about some of these places. And to be honest, there's, there's not that many stuff. So sometimes yeah. I've had to kind of focus on the location rather than the actual building itself. And some I've just left out because they were pointless. So anyway, are you ready? Yep. So, number one is the Bournemouth International Centre. Part of the centre, the Solent Hall, which is a huge exhibition space, was completed in 2004, and it was a refurbishment costing £22 million. This hall caused some controversy. Why? A, it was it replaced the popular swimming pool and wave machine in 2004 after an unsuccessful campaign to save the facility. Or B, the refurbishment meant the height and square footing of the building increased, which blocked the sea view for a nearby nursing home. There was a campaign and protest to stop it happening. Hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, I've, I've sometimes watched local TV down there a little bit. Um, so because Have you been to Bournemouth I've, before? I've not been to Bournemouth, no, but I've been to the Isle of Wight on a vast number of occasions. I've been to um, Bournemouth. I uh, sat on a... I went to watch Sheffield Wednesday play. A very long coach journey. Yes. Um, well, it would be. It's quite a long way away. Yeah. Um, and coaches generally go a bit slow and you have to stop off and do a load of booze in, I think, on these away days, don't you? Um, yeah. So, yeah, with some, the, the local news there is not... Otherwise, it's not a big enough place to have its own local news. Like, we've got Look North up here. They've, I think they've got South Today, which covers um, sort of Southampton, Portsmouth, Hampshire part of Bournemouth, all that sort of stuff, as, as well as um, the Isle of Wight and sort of Dorset and that kind of area. Don't think it quite goes as far as Cornwall and Devon, but yeah, it covers sort of that so that bit on the south coast, uh, possibly Sussex as well and, and those areas. Um, and I can't, I can't ever remember either of these things coming up. And I would have been around on the Isle of Wight, sort of 2004, I think, went on holiday there that year. Um, so I think that... Did it... So the two options were, sorry, that it... It, it uh, replaced, the a... replaced the popular swimming pool and wave machine, or it yeah. blocked the view of a nursing home, uh, their, their view of the sea, because it was extended and, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's maybe a bit too early to be closing swimming pools. I think maybe that did a lot of that a few years later, so I'm going to say they blocked the view for a nursing home. And I wonder if you're going to do as bad as me. Mm. Uh, no, it was the first one, yeah, it's... Uh, Close the popular wave machine swimming pool something. Yeah. Classic thing on wave machines. Yeah. In, I, instead, all, all, they to, all they have to make do with was just that sea that they've got there in Bournemouth yeah. instead that's got some <laughs> waves and swimming. Yeah. The, 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 the most dramatic and uh, crazy wave machine I've ever witnessed is uh, in COS, uh, where I've been a couple of times, Cardamina. They've got a water park there, and the wave machine is absolutely incredible. But it, it, it's only they can send the waves either way. And they only put the the one that's I think it was the side to side waves that seemed to cause the most the most 
disasters and stuff like that. So yeah. only a couple of times a day does the sideways one come on. And I remember it being really like a crazy wave machine. So if anyone's ever been there before and tried that, well, mm. never seen waves wave machine like it. Anyway, next then, number two, Blackburn Cathedral. Former acting dean of Blackburn Cathedral, Philip North, turned down a nomination to be Bishop of Sheffield. There you go, linking into uh, to us and our locality. Um, why was this? A, because he does not support female priests or bishops, or B, because he completely condones homosexuality. I mean, both of them are fairly feasible, aren't they? Um, let's be fair. Um, hmm. So, I, I think I think the sort of female bishops is a bit more of a big thing, or it was a few years ago. Um, I can't remember who the first female bishop was. I want to say it was Libby Lane who was the first um, female bishop of Stockport, I think. Um, it took a while to, to for that to happen. Did you say what? Sorry, you, you broke up a little bit when you were... Well, uh, the connection dropped for me a little bit, so I'm not quite sure yeah, what you said. So, did you say it was... Did it give you a year at all? Uh, no, I've not I've not got no, it. Okay. Uh, I can, I can no, find out the year for you, though, if you want me to. No, 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 no that's all right, because I'll still probably get it wrong anyway. So um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's female bishops. Uh, female bishops, you would be correct. Well done. Oh, wrong one. There you go. <laughs> correct, yeah. So, because there was a lot of female bishops in the, do they call it the diocese or something? The area diocese, of churches and yeah. stuff. So there was a bit of a, yeah, so he basically, t- and he turned down another location for the same reason as well. Because um, he's a bit of a sort of traditionalist and he just didn't, you know, I think he, I think he believed in, in sort of women's role in the church in certain things, but he wouldn't stretch as far as saying that he he, he thought that they should be bishops and priests. A bit old fashioned. Wow. I mean, what a, what a, what a it, complete and utter lie. Has he never seen Vicar Dibley? Yeah, I mean, and how amazing what, it can be watching somebody jump in a puddle that thinks only that deep. Yeah, I mean, why? Why would? How on earth can you even have the attitude or thought process where you think that a woman shouldn't do a job that she'll be perfectly capable of doing? Exactly. I just don't. I don't quite get it. I mean, you know, it's it's the role of the bishop. It's not as though it's anything that. Why could why could a woman not do that? Exactly. I, do, I do not understand that at all. Number three, then Salt Hill Activity Centre in Slough. Um, it's worth pointing out, by the way, going back when I was reading about the Philip North thing, a lot of female bishops were actually sort of standing up for him a little bit because they were saying, "Look, we've got to all respect that we've all got different opinions about things like this," yeah. and they, you know, they, so they they were quite sort of supportive. Not every, you know, there was there was different views, but there were some that were quite supportive to that that thought that people should that you know certainly people in religion and working in that sort of area they should be allowed to have their views without it affecting yeah. the, you know, that kind of thing. But anyway, uh, number three, Salt Hill Activity Centre in Slough. Which of these things has not come from Slough? You ready? First yep. of all, a Mars bar, Thunderbirds, wheelie bins, snooker, Formula One, or Zebra Crossing, which has not come from Slough. So, so got, originated from Slough. Yeah, but if you want, you can quiz me more on each one and I can give you a little bit more information. Um, I think... I think, well, all right, well, the Mars bar, I, I, I think that is from Slough because it's, I think Mars is based in Slough, I seem to remember. Yeah, well, an American company, uh, it is an American company, obviously, but development of the chocolate bar was done in Slough, is my little yeah. uh, extra fee there. Um, other options, sorry, the wheelie bin. The I'm wheelie assuming bin. that's the, was it first used in Slough or? Wheelie bins were invented by a company in Slough, moving waste from one part of the factory to the other. Okay. Um, so what? What? Keep well, what, read through the, all the options. There was the thun- the Thunderbirds. Uh, mm-hmm. The studios were were where the studios were there where the Thunderbirds was first developed and filmed, and that was in obviously Slough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Snooker, which was invented by Neville Chamberlain from Slough, not the former Prime Minister. What? Not the same bloke. 
no, no wonder people said he wasn't, uh, wasn't taking the appropriate <laughs> action against Hitler because he was too busy inventing snooker. Oh, <laughs> Formula One. Uh, the you know what was the first ever Formula One racetrack uh, practice racetrack there. Uh, zebra crossing. The government's road research laboratory was based in Slough, and the first zebra crossing appeared in 1951, but is no longer there. <laughs> Which of those is a lie, basically? I think Formula One wasn't invented in Slough. I would say, I'll guess at that. So you don't think the first ever practice Formula One track before they'd actually released the they, they sort of started doing the races? Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. I mean, I probably made a bit of a pig's ear giving you the description of that compared to the others, but uh, yeah, you're right. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it was perfect, perfectly plausible, Jim. I'm not, um, not saying that. I just, happen, I just happen to be an exceptionally intelligent uh, and gifted individual who can see through your bullshit. <laughs> but, but Sterling Moss, who was obviously a famous Formula yeah. One racer, an early Formula One racer, has said before that he became an F1 driver. Before he became an F1 driver, he illegally raced a BMW around a partially built housing estate in Slough. So maybe that's one of the reasons he went to do what he did. So they did have yeah, a Formula yeah, One on. racer, sort of have some background in Slough. But there you go. I thought that was quite an interesting question. Uh, yeah, number four, Wickford Lodge in Wickford in Essex. What <laughs> was found by the side of a children's playground in Wickford in 2019? A, only ways Essex star Arge, who caused a stir on social media when he went missing for two days. Or B, a dead cat left in a cat carrier. Hmm. So, I mean, obviously... There's Arge and a dead cat. Obviously, one of them is just sort of a, a total layabout waste of space. It's uh, completely wasting away, not doing anything. And the other one's a, <laughs> dead, a, a cat. dead cat with a carrier, isn't it? So, um, uh. I, I think, it, I think, I, I remember Arge going missing. So, I think it could have been him that was found there. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, you're right that there was a, a thing where Arge went mis- missing, weren't there? And uh, he was found okay, but no, I, I threw that in to sort of make it mm. trickier. But it was the a dead cat left in a cat carrier by the side of a playground. Yeah. Uh, number five, in the stalls at St. Botolph's Church in Boston. So th- this next place, by the way, there's a, uh, yes. a, a, there's a, there's a place in Boston um, that are having a... I think it's like some sort of event centre, a place in Boston that are having a, a vaccine... Yeah thing as well I keep forgetting to mention that they're having a, vac- mm-hmm. a vaccine um center but there's a, a yeah it's a church in boston saint botolph's in in boston there's a carving of what a an apple with a snake as the stalk thought to be the work of thomas chippendale a famous furniture maker or b a bear playing the organ which is thought to be the earliest english carving of anyone or anything playing an organ mm. i mean thomas chippendale obviously was a well-known furniture maker and then Occasionally, you have to take his clothes off and just have a bow tie on, and, um, <laughs> and some, sometimes you could see his wood. Um, hey, he, uh, he he washed. He did wash it though with the bowl washer. <laughs> um, so it's, it's either that or it's a bear playing the organ, as you do. Um, yeah. Why why would it be a bear playing the organ and not and not something else? Um, and not it's a, in the stalls, by the way. So stalls the seats, obviously in a, in church. Hmm. If just to clarify for you, I'm going to say it's a. I'm going to say it's a. A bear playing the organ. Well done. I had to Google famous wood carvers and stuff like that to try and make something up Final. for that one. Uh, number yeah. six, St. Helens Rugby Club in uh, in Liverpool, Rugby Stadium in, in Liverpool, mm. is, is going to be a vaccine uh, centre. And it's named the Totally Wicked Stadium. But what is Totally Wicked? Is it A, a vaping retailer? Or B, a telemarketing company whose main client are sex toy manufacturers. Oh, okay. So, um, 
Yeah, good uh, good question. Uh, I, I think surely a, a vaping retailer would be a. I can't imagine a vaping retailer would be big enough to be able to sponsor a, a stadium like that. I'm assuming it costs quite a bit of money to sponsor the stadium. You know, quite a quite a reasonable size. Team St. Helens rugby league team, one of the probably best known in the country, um, or a sex toy retailer. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether St. Helens hookers use that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> I think that. I think. I think there would be a lot of. I think there would probably be a lot of pushback though if they used a company that mainly manufactured sex toys. I mean, you know, before COVID, you you know, you should have the atmosphere in the stadium. If you'd ever been, you know, the vibrations you could feel. Yeah, absolutely. Was it electric? <laughs> um, yeah. um, I think I'm going to say that it was the vape. I think it's a vaping company. Well done. Yeah. Uh, number seven. The Olympic Office Centre Wembley. So this is like the whole Wembley complex, basically. Not not necessarily just the stadium, but the various parts to to Wembley, um, which is where my gran, who's uh, who who uh, who owns the owned the Tyndale Bed and Breakfast, is from Wembley, and my dad. And yes, so on. yeah. There you go. Yeah, of course, yeah. Because that was the story about selling the house to Dave Bassett, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. A number of episodes ago. Yeah, I also work with somebody with the same name. Really? Yeah. Anyway, Dave Besson, he's a lot younger, didn't buy my grand's house. Anyway, yeah. uh, numbers. So, so how many individual toilets are there in Wembley Stadium? Now, unfortunately, I can't clarify if this means urinal points or whatever, but it just says how many toilets are there. So it, it's up to you. I don't know if you want to see if you can come. I, I'm trying to think how many. What I, can, I think it's quite a lot. If you can um, get within the nearest thousand uh, or two thousand, yeah. get within the nearest two thousand are we talking about just are we talking about just Wembley Stadium itself yes Wembley Stadium the football ground the football ground or football concert venue whatever I think I think there's about 80,000 seats in there Um, and that's not including toilet seats that's just including (laughs) spectators seats looking at the pitch now I remember it being quite a lot and and me thinking say well that's that's a lot of toilets Um, but obviously at the same bear in mind at half time you need to be able to cater for a lot of people going to the toilet. I should have been aware that uh, by this point in the episode, I normally need a wee, so putting this question in there is not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I seem to remember it was something about it almost caters for like almost one in ten people going to the toilet at the same time. Maybe not quite that many, but I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say there's eight thousand toilets in Wembley. Oh, you've gone way too high. It's two thousand six hundred eighteen. Oh, it's still a lot. I mean, it's still yeah. one for every. One for every 40 people going to the toilet at any mm-hmm. one time. So. Number eight, Sithen's Showground in Cornwall. Uh, what world record at the time was set at the Sithen's Showground in 1912? A, drilling a three-foot, 3.75 inches hole through granite in 15 minutes. Or B, the number of dogs to sit down on first instruction in a row. All right, okay. So like, my, almost my, like my... sit, 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 sit without yeah. someone having to go sit, sit, sit. <laughs> yeah. Imagine your dog yeah. laying them down. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it was it was quite bad, wasn't it? Because the, the the chain was broken when one of them misheard and had a massive poo, basically, yeah. I think was what, uh, what happened. Yeah, someone, um, someone, someone with a speech impediment. Sit, <laughs> sit, sit, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, look at the mess here. Oh, we were indoors as well. Oh, no. Um, I think that... The first one was it drilling through some granite. Drilling a three foot, three point seven five inches hole through granite in fifteen minutes. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know why. I mean, some of these strange things you go to, they, they do that sort of stuff. So I think it could be. I think it could be that someone tried to drill through some granite for some unknown reason. Yeah, and there you go. And uh, people at the event said it was boring. Hey. hey, I didn't know if you'd get that one, okay. but uh, there you go. I, I purposely changed it to drilling through a hole through rather than saying that, so I could do the joke. Anyway, yeah. uh, number nine then. This is your last one. Uh, Plymouth Argyles Football Ground, Home Park, is to become a mass vaccination site. Which mm-hmm. of these is true? A, Pelé played at Home Park in 1973 when he came to play with his Brazilian side, Santos. Plymouth won the game 3-2 and Pelé scored a penalty. Or B, Diego Maradona played at Home Park in a friendly in uh, the 90, 1992 at the later stage of his career playing for Sevilla. Maradona only came on as a substitute for the last five minutes and the game finished nil-nil. Hmm. Um, I don't know, really. Uh, it could be, could obviously, feasibly it could be either of them. Um, I don't, I'm not quite sure, though, that Maradona maybe did the same amount of exhibition games, maybe, that Pelé, well, say... Did the amount of exhibition games, I mean, he only came off the last five minutes, if what you're saying is true. Um, was it just a general friendly, do you know? Or? Uh, both, they were just friendlies, yeah, pre-season yeah. friendlies, yeah. Um, I, th- I think it might be Santos, I think they might have travelled around, so I think it might have been Pelé played there, and they lost 3-2. Well done, yeah. Uh, Pelé played at Hillsborough the year before, hmm. um, and then, yeah, played in uh, played at Home Park, Plymouth, 1973, and it was a, a big yeah. day because Plymouth won, so it was a quite a... Even though obviously it was only a friendly, it was quite a, a momentous occasion for Plymouth fans. Mm-hmm. There you go. So that was just a bit of a quiz about some of the locations that are being used as oh. mass vaccination centres uh, for for COVID nineteen. Hope you enjoyed that good stuff. Yeah, very good. Thank you very much, Jimba. So the only thing we didn't do today was talk about our celebrity sex tape, which is uh, all about boosting our views, basically, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. I'm not sure if we want to finish on it or not. Um, yeah, I thought, why, well, why not? Because uh, you picked out a former WWF, WWE wrestler, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, China. Let's just make it clear, she wasn't wrestling endangered pandas or anything like that. Um, it used to be called WWF, didn't it? And yes, and it's called WWE, World Wrestling yeah. Entertainment. Um, so China, or as Donald Trump would call her, China, um, <laughs> is a former wrestler called um, Joni Laura. She made an adult film debut in 2004 in the film entitled One Night in China. Um, it was a Paris Hilton video called One, One Night in Paris or something like that. Is that a sort of, I don't know if there's a, yeah. various puns on, on such things. Um, Laura... Laura and Stan uh, and Sean Waltman approached Red Light District Video to distribute the homemade video. She then appeared in a second video. Uh, guess what that was called? One Night Inside China. No, no, not quite. You're close, though. <laughs> you, you are very close. One Night in China too. Pretty much. It was called Another Night in China. Oh. <laughs> um, in 2009. On the second night, she caught COVID-19. <laughs> Self-isolating inside China. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and then, and then uh, she starred in her first professional pornographic video for Viva Video entitled... Uh, well, do, you want, do you want to try and guess what the next <laughs> one was maybe called? It's not uh, a third night in China. One night in Wuhan? No, it's called uh, A Backdoor to China. Oh, dear. Um, and she also starred as She-Hulk in their parody of The Avengers, yeah. um, which was released in May 2020, uh, 2012. Um, a spin-off featured around the She-Hulk character in call, entitled She-Hulk XXX, and that was released in April 2013. Um, I think she, didn't she passed away a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, is a bit... which helped... 
which is a bit, bit of a shame for you to talk about her. Oh yeah, but you know, we can still talk about things she did when she was alive. So I'm, yeah. I'm sort of assuming her death was nothing to, connected to these uh, <laughs> these videos or events. Okay. Um, so there we go. So that's uh, that's WWE star uh, China who appeared in a number of pornographic films, including homemade ones and professionally made ones as well. Yeah. And if you're just tuning in now, this is all we ever talk about, basically. Yeah. Um, so that's the that's that's the that's the, that's the, that's the uh, bit we've got to talk about on this episode in terms of. Slightly sex type, so fingers crossed we get some viewers off the back of that. Yeah, and um, if you, you're probably wondering what's going on, if you want to get in touch and you want to maybe suggest a celebrity sex tape for us to talk about yeah. <laughs> or anything yeah. else, any other types of features or quizzes, and you want shout outs or anything like that, or write as a review, as some people have done. I've not checked them for a while actually, but uh, some occasionally get a nice review, don't we? But uh, at Waste of Web Space yeah. is our Twitter account. You can find that on Facebook too, Instagram, uh, and our website, wasteofwebspace.co.uk. Now, yeah, go. absolutely. I mean, if you are a celebrity, for example, and you would like to sort of submit a sex tape to us, say, for example, Paul Burrell, then please do feel free to, <laughs> to get in touch via Jimbo. He knows and, my Instagram. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. So, uh, but thank you very much for listening. Cheers. Thank you very much. Cheers, Jimbo. See you next week. Bye-bye.